0: Yes, let's go. Uh, yes, you may uh, you you may notice that that's a slightly different uh, intro to normally. Uh, we've got a little bit of a different episode for you this week, a bonus episode. I know the fans will be excited, a bonus Celtics episode. I'm joined by Seamus, um, who runs one of the greatest Celtics pages across the internet, Celtics Life, across Instagram and Twitter. Seamus, how are you, man?
1: Oh, I'm pretty good here today. Uh, it's 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 rainy out where I am, but I'm full of sunshine today because the Celtics are now in the off season, heading towards the right direction, hopefully. And we got we got more basketball up tonight, so I'm 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 great today. How about you?
0: Yeah, dude, I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, I obviously prefer a playoffs with the Celtics in it, but you know. I've I've been enjoying the playoffs nonetheless. It's been it's been a really po- positive playoffs for the Celtics, without them even being in there. The Lakers have lost, the Sixers have lost. Life's good.
1: Dude, I I know this playoffs. We've gone through the playoffs. The Celtics haven't even played, but I feel like I've gone through all the same emotions. You know, the Nets game seven, like I got all I got all riled up for that one. The Sixers same way, and then when the Lakers lost, that was like a whole yeah. that was like a whole celebration. So. We all we've been through the same emotions without the Celtics. Surprisingly, um, you know it's it's kind of crazy to think about in the end. But 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 yeah, I, I uh, I've, I've enjoyed these playoffs nonetheless.
0: Yeah, they've been they've been awesome. Um, it's been great to see a few other young stars get the chance now with Tatum and Jalen not in there. Other fan bases get to enjoy that feeling of their their young stars having those moments. Um, I have no doubt that our boys will be back in the. In the bright lights next season, um, so I feel we'll we'll just start. Like, what were your what were your overall thoughts of the season? I feel like the spectrum. Um, you're either on one end of the spectrum. You had worst season of all time. Everybody sucks. Fire Brad. Fire Danny. The Celtics don't try. Jalen can't lead. Tatum can't lead. And then on the other side, everything's fine. This is it's it's all fine. It's just unlucky. Um, the Celtics are still championship contenders and you're you're on one of those parts of the spectrum where where did you fall this season
1: i'm a firm believer in like any any opinion anyone has surrounding basketball or any topic really in the world like it's somewhere like if you take on the averages it's somewhere in the middle and i feel like my opinion is somewhere in the middle of like this was kind of a lost season for the celtics in a sense that not much was accomplished in terms of you know winning games or developing players or you know acquiring. Well, unless you want to talk about Evan Fournier acquiring players to go to that next level, but I don't think it was a total a total wash in the end. Like you know, we still have the Jays. They totally emerged this season uh, or yeah. last season, I should say. Kimba unfortunately isn't on the roster anymore. Brad won't be coaching the team anymore. So that definitely puts in a lot of different dynamics for next season. But, you know, this last off-season, this last season, the 2020-21 season, I think it was a lost season in a sense, but uh, a season that we just had to get to uh get through to get to the next um the next tier of of competing again because I feel like we're in this this retooling phase of we were at the top of the mountain potentially we could have won the finals last year who even knows if we if we you know win a couple of extra possessions in games one or two against the heat last year might find herself in the finals I thought last year's team was probably one of the best teams we've had in a while but you know this this last season the, the team wasn't quite as stacked uh wasn't quite in tune with the game plan and all the COVID and injuries and whatnot so that was just a huge hurdle we had to get past but i think i think we'll be fine heading into next season depending on what happens during the offseason of course
0: yeah yeah i i'm i'm kind of with you i i was definitely closer to the everything's fine it's just an unlucky season but um there's definitely changes that need to be made and i i come even coming into the season haywood left and we had a lot of young guys on the roster and i I, I kind of thought that this was going to be a step-back uh, consolidation season. And then you throw in the the injuries and COVID. Um, they really didn't have much of a shot to to compete. But, you know, at the same time, you've had Tatum, I th- thought, took another step forward. Jalen took a massive step forward. And I think those are probably the two most important things. And then Rob emerged as a, as a starter in this league. I thought Romeo, Nie-Smith, and Pritchard all showed positive things. Um, Fournier, I think, was a nice fit. I think all of these things are true. It's just nothing happened at the same time. It was like, oh, uh, we're kind of looking okay. Romeo's got COVID. Fournier has a nice game. Fournier's got COVID. Jalen's looking okay. Everything's coming together. Out for the season. It was just like over and over again, get a little bit of momentum, and then something goes wrong. Um, but like all of those positive things are still true, and if all of those things can happen at the same time going into next season, um, I, I'm, I'm super high on on the Celtics um, going into next season. Um, if if the Celtics had been healthy, how do you how do you think they would have fared in this year's playoffs? Um, yeah, because like watching these playoffs, it's been interesting to see that maybe it was a little bit tighter around the top and outside of the healthy nets.
1: Yeah, I think I think this year's playoffs for the Celtics, you know, if they were healthy all season, we saw there was a 10-game stretch, I want to say in what it was March, April somewhere in that range, I think it was more in April, a 10-game stretch where the yeah. team was actually together, working together all at the same time surprisingly, which never seemed to happen all year. I think the last seven guys at the end of the year including Fournier never played together once uh but, but during those 10 games, they were 8-2. And, and It looked to be turning around. But, of course, I, I believe that was right after Thompson came off of COVID and then Fournier went into COVID protocol. And I yeah. believe Romeo Lankford um, went into pro COVID protocol as well. Uh, so we saw those 10 games. Like that, that was like the miracle stretch of last season. There was a 10-game stretch where we were 8-2 and two and we looked like yeah. a legit competitive team. I think if we were healthy the whole season, we probably would have not held the seventh seed at the end of the year. You know, like we just finished five hundred. If nah. if that if that's the case, you know, we probably would have been four or five. You know, probably above six, most likely four or five, most likely. Uh, you know, if we're the four or five seed, we're facing the Hawks in the first round. You see, we're seeing what the Hawks are doing right now. They beat the Knicks in the first round. They went and took on Philly. Philly was a team that I saw. You know, even though they were the one seed, they were a little bit—they were a little bit of a weaker one seed, just because you know Embiid got hurt and some of their other parts. You know, Simmons, huge question mark, obviously. And this year he showed that, you know, maybe he's not built for the playoffs. And so I wanted to see that matchup between the Celtics and the Sixers, uh, but obviously they fell into that uh, Brooklyn-Milwaukee bracket and had to face Brooklyn in the first round. That was that. And even if they made it past Brooklyn, they would have ran into Milwaukee. But Say they take the route of Atlanta and Philly. Maybe they do make the conference finals again, surprisingly. Uh, maybe now, you know, if the team was together the whole season, that's certainly a possibility. But I think that was the ceiling to this team, potentially make a run all the way to the conference finals and, and even how things shaped up. You know, Brooklyn got beat by Milwaukee. Say if the Celtics are in that four seed, you know, they take on Philadelphia and they're all healthy and they're all clicking at the right time and Philadelphia's banged up. Say they win that series, they could find themselves in the same position as the Hawks right now, one-one playing at home against the Bucks uh, for a trip to the NBA Finals. Uh, really, that that would have been that's probably a huge uh, expectation for this year's past uh, this past year's team. You know, a lot of young guys still, a lot of guys still to be proven. You know, you said a, a lot of guys did pr- improve during the season. Richard, Neesmith especially. Uh, Neesmith was, I mean, incremental at the end of the season. Uh, other guys, you know, Grant Williams took a step back. Mm-hmm. O'Jale, you know, he really is who he is. But all these other young guys, they, they uh, you know, Lankford, <laughs> they, they took a step forward uh, in a sense. Uh, who knows what, what would have happened if the team was entirely healthy. But say they do make that step forward like they did at the end of the season, it was kind of overshadowed because of the team's record. But say they do make that step forward at the beginning or end of the season, rather, you know, maybe maybe the Celtics do do some damage in the playoffs. But just because everything didn't come together, I mean, it was a tough first round. We saw we saw one good game, but other than that, it was it was pretty much a wall yeah. thing. If you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I uh, I, I honestly have been watching these playoffs, and I've, I I thought I I was surprised at how. Cl- much closer to the to the top of the East, I, the Celtics I think ended up being um, the Sixers. I mean, as fraudulent as they come, as long as Ben Simmons and Joel are kind of on the same court together, the net the the Hawks remind me a lot of the the Celtics in that um, Tatum rookie year, Jalen second year when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals and against the Cavs, like surprised everyone and. Just, are just kind of playing above their heads but are still talented at the same time. But I actually don't think that they're they're that good and I think that the, the Bucs destroying them yesterday kind of exposed exposed that a little bit. And then the Bucks, I mean, I actually I think that the best case scenario for the Celtics is the Bucks winning the title because that means they won't fire bud. <laughs> and then and then that just keeps their ceiling just a little bit a little bit lower because we don't we don't want a really good coach going in there and fully unlocking that team. I think it's just a. They caught a good break. A healthy Nets blows blows the Bucks out of the water, um, yeah. and I think that the Celtics showing that they were that we were we, we played them tough in Game One against the Nets, killed us in Game Two. Obviously, I mean I, I don't know how many times you've watched the the Tatum fifty point game or highlights, but I've, that's just on loop for me in this house. I mean that that's um, one of hey, the greatest. We, have, we have performance. Po-
1: it's going to get lost a little bit. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just saying we have four we have four of them to choose from in a month. It's crazy, crazy.
0: Yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, it's gonna get lost a little bit in the ether because it was like first round and they got gentlemen swept. But I mean, Tatum was the best player on the court against uh, uh KD and a and a Harden and a Kyrie led team. So, um, and that's that's just the truth. Um, you know, these are all hypotheticals, but I I think a healthy Celtics is very much in that in that. It's like a Nets tier alone, healthy, and then Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Hawks, even a healthy Heat. I mean, maybe you throw them in there as well, but they're they're in the mix without without a doubt. Um, But I mean, it has been. We're already, you know, season's over. We're already starting to see um, some changes. Um, How how are we feeling about President Brad so far? And um, I know it completely threw threw me through a loop, waking up and seeing that there was about to be a press conference. Brad's coming on stage is the I'm like, that's what happens sometimes in Australia. We get we get these wage bombs when we're asleep and I like wake up and I'm like, Kem Kemba's traded. What what's going on? C P 3s in the protocol. I gotta digest all this news when I'm groggy in the mornings. But how are we feeling about how he's feeling about President Brad so far?
1: Well, President Brad, it's kind of funny that it's it's gone uh, full circle with President Brad because people called him that for years on Twitter yeah, nah. and other platforms, and now he's actually President Brad. But so far, I mean, what he's made two moves he uh, he, fired, he hired he hired uh, yep. Udoku Udoka and uh, traded Kemba for Al Horford. I thought those were two solid moves by Brad. I mean, the Kemba move. For me, it's just I, I mean, I've made a post about it before a week it happened. I, I said the Celtics should trade Kimba for Al Horford just because Kimba, you know, for the player he is, really good, can still give you all star performances every other night, but he's not someone who is going to be consistent enough to make a deep playoff run. Like you don't know if he's going to be healthy. Like, you know, as we're seeing in the playoffs this year, like health is becoming very important for a team, say like the Phoenix Suns, who don't have any injuries right now and they have all their guys back, and the Hawks as well, and, and even the Bucks. You know, the Celtics, they couldn't rely on Kimball Walker moving forward. So financially, you know, with his deal, $73 million left for the last two years, you had to move that somewhere. And Al Horford, because of the guarantee uh, or the partial guarantee in the second year of his contract, you know, we have him for $27 million this year. Could trade him for something else potentially later in the offseason, although I don't see that happening, like, I wouldn't like. Why would we bring him in? You know, you know, here, here's here's Al. Here's a whole presser and welcome him back just to you know steal him away. I don't think that would really happen. I think that would be a detriment to our reputation or the front office's reputation rather. Um, but you know that could happen. But in that second year, that partial guarantee of Al Horford's deal gives the the flexibility back to the Celtics when they didn't have it uh, compared to when they had Kempa's deal. Uh, so that was a good move, in my opinion, and you know, moving first round pick. Some people they get a little antsy over that one. It's it's fine at the end of the day for me because first round pick probably not going to come in play a ton of minutes next to Tatum and Brown, especially if we you know if we draft a project player like we've been drafting over the last couple of years. You know the Romeos, the Grants, those type of players, the Neesmiths, you know, if we're drafting a project type player, he's probably not going to make an impact in year one anyway. So, tra- trading that pick away to you know bring in Forford and and Moses Brown that that was really the swap there. You know, you trade the pick, but you also get Moses Brown back. Mm-hmm. Moses Brown, still a very solid center, only twenty one years old. It's almost like it's almost like we made our draft pick by trading for Moses Brown in yeah. that in that sense. And then the second round picks didn't really matter. And then the coach coaching hire. Uh, At the end of the day, uh, or or nearing the end of that coaching search, I I, I thought that uh, Udoka was the leading candidate just because, you know, seeing a lot of backlash uh, for Chauncey's hire in Portland Mm. just because of certain uh, allegations against him in the past. And, you know, Jason Kidd, his coaching career before, uh, you know, becoming an assistant with the Lakers, Wasn't exactly um, the best per se. You know, coached the Nets for a year, the Bucks a couple years, and eventually got fired there mid season. So that wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of that one. Lloyd Pierce, another retread coach. Uh, We saw what Atlanta did with and without him. You know, that's a red flag right there for me. And Yudoka, someone who coached under Popovich, coached under uh, Mike D'Antoni and Steve Nash in Brooklyn uh, this past season coached under Brett Brown. I know people don't really give Brett Brown that much credit. He was a good coach. didn't quite utilize his players correctly at the end of his Sixers career there. So, you know, he knows guys like Embiid, Simmons, those young guys. He knows the competition really well. And, you know, he's coached under legendary coaches before, and he's a player himself. And, you know, obviously if there's some sort of relationship there with the Jays and Marcus Smart after coaching Team USA last year. So I really like that hire. Um, for me, I, I don't know. I like every Celtics move at the end of the day, like there's a yeah, lot of me be questioned, but like, I'm always going to take the positive route right on them. And especially these two moves he's made in the offseason thus far, Brad, uh, the Al Horford trade, and then the um, uh, Yadoka hire, you know, those to me right now are just no brainer. Uh, great moves for the franchise
0: yeah i'm i'm with i'm with you i i'm like oh this move's gonna work out perfectly and until it doesn't like i was a, i was a big jeff teague fag fan until uh until i wasn't you know so
1: <laughs> i'm always gonna take yeah,
0: the, the positive as well um but on the go ahead
1: oh no sorry uh we're we're got like you're kind of cutting out here so uh um, I was gonna say about Jeff Teague for a second. Yeah, I oh, like yeah? that. I like that signing too. I liked him over Brad Wanamaker, but his his game just never, just never came around. He was just not. He wasn't efficient. It was that was it was tough to watch, honestly. Uh, watching Jeff Teague with the Celtics, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry, oh. sorry about that. It was
0: no. It was no. You're right. Yeah, no, I think we're 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 very far away from each other, and the the internet's doing its best. But um, but yeah, the. The Kemba Horford trade, I, 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 yeah, we're we're like we're a few seconds off, but um, we're we're doing a good job. Um, but yeah, the the Kemba Horford trade, I, I, I loved it. I, I, I was happy to keep Kemba. I thought that he still could have had value for us, but I think, um, and Brad's been very, very clear that it's time to like build around the Jays, around Jalen and Jason, and this is a move that. That kind of t- puts the ball back in back in Jalen and Jason's hands as and, and you know they probably will miss a little bit of Kemba's scoring punch, but I think that the Jays are also ready to to handle a bigger load offensively. And you bring Horford in, and you just someone else that moves the ball, improves the defense stuff that they were like really like of the things I think they were missing last season. The defense slipped, and there just wasn't an, as much ball movement as as you'd like. And you bring Horford in, I think he's going to be a good... Rob's talked about how much he loves Horford over and over again. And you bring Horford back in um, to mentor not only Rob, but now Moses Brown as well. And you hope that uh, by the time Horford leaves, now Moses Brown has a little bit of that um, Embiid-stopping wisdom that that Horford possesses more so than maybe anyone else in the league. He's been one of the best Embiid defenders over the past few years. So definitely happy to have have him back on the team. I think I think he fits really nicely. <clears throat> uh, and Moses Brown, look, I think seven foot two, twenty one years old, on a nice deal. Could you get a better draft pick with the sixteenth overall pick? Maybe, maybe not. I think it's I think it's a fine a fine move. And and after Thompson either gets traded or or leaves after this season, he's a nice um, rotation big piece to have across the across the roster um and with the udoka hiring i mean i thought yeah great hire and you see all the yeah with you the backlash no backlash for the celtics you got the permission from the jays and i'm just glad that the celtics really recognized that we kind of needed to change things up i know brad been there had been there for seven or eight years and um not that I, I think the tuning him out thing was a little bit overblown, but I think they all recognized that it was time to to change things up in both the front office and the and the coaching on the coaching front. And you bring in Odoka, who's really going to, I think, inject a lot into into the team. I think like the last two three years have just been tough on everybody, especially Jalen and Jason. Like you go back to the Kyrie year, then like year and a half of COVID. Um, I think you you bring in a guy who's going to really inject like a new energy into the into the locker room. I think these guys are going to come back really really motivated and really and really energized for next season. Um, is there a move you would like Brad to either make or not make? Whether that's bringing back Fournier, extending Rob, is there a move that you or are you, something that you don't want him to do or do something you on your bucket list? For Brad?
1: Well, I, I don't want them to do something reckless because I feel like in the last couple of years, uh, the Celtics have operated um, conservatively, but they, they kind of mix those conservative moves in with a couple of reckless moves maybe or, or moves where, you know, maybe you could have gone out and gotten another guy but, but settled for this guy instead. Uh, the Kimba move was reckless at the time just because we gave up Horford, we gave up Kyrie, and it was kind of a panic deal. Like, if you look at the history of Kimba's knees, like, from the beginning, we honestly should have been concerned with Kimba's knees just because of the history surrounding um, his left knee specifically. I mean, you go back to – think, I think he had surgery on it in 2015, 2016, and 2017, or, or – mm. he, he had surgery on it three years in a row, and – at the time that Kimba signing was, you know, so, some people questioned it, but for most of us fans, we were sitting there going, "Great, we just replaced Kyrie with another All Star." But obviously, that's not the case. Kimba isn't as isn't as talented. Maybe doesn't fit next to the Jays um, as perfectly as you might want him to. And you know, he's obviously an aging superstar who clearly is is on his last leg. Um, uh, no pun intended, but. <laughs> You know he's 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 not he's not he's not someone who's going to uh you know carry a team anymore or be a reliant uh, a reliant you know third option like he was on the celtics um that was a reckless move at the time we can't make any reckless moves like that now with over 30 guards uh our our history with uh, guards approaching 30 so you got isaiah thomas yeah. he injured his hip uh thankfully we didn't pay him but you know the the ending with him was very, uh, bittersweet because we got Kyrie, but we also, you know, gave up our fan favorite guy, Isaiah, yeah. uh, Kyrie had knee issues when he was here. And that was the big deal with Kyrie. Can his knees hold up as we saw this year in the playoffs, obviously that was a freak injury, but couldn't stay healthy in the playoffs. Uh, again, that's always the big question surrounding him. And, and that came back to bite him this year. And then Kimba obviously couldn't stay healthy either. So, over 30 guards or, or guards approaching 30, like Kyrie or guards, guards with injury history. We can't sign any of those guys. We can't take uh, uh, any of those guys off the market unless they're for, you know, the vet minimum, say like a guy like Derrick Rose, say we go out and get a Derrick Rose for the vet minimum, which is Mm -hmm. like, what? Five. I don't, I don't even know what the number is anymore. It goes up every year, but a couple million dollars, Get him in here and he can be our our reserve point guard. Um, You know, I've always liked a player. uh, You know, if we wanted to trade for a point guard, uh, maybe Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I've always liked him Mm -hmm. and his fit next to the Jays, but I just don't know what you'd give up for Brogdon to. um, I, I don't really know what would be the equal trade of us sending out assets to get back Brogdon. Like, if we were to get back Brogdon. Would it be we're sending out like a smart Thompson and like a pick for one guy who, you know, is going to bring the same level of, uh, you know, say play as smart or, or just yeah. an elevated level of that? Um, Malcolm Brogdon's interesting. Uh, Derek Rose is a name that I've been kind of looking out for. You know, people today came out, uh, Damian Lillard probably pushing his way out of Portland, most likely. Like that report came out. It's just inevitable at this point that he's probably going to request a trade. And that report was kind of the setup to like, oh, Damien kind of wants out, but it's not because of what you think. It's because the fans and Mm -hmm. all this other hoopla. And it's kind of like a a reporting piece that's setting up for something. Damien Lillard to me would be that uh, irresponsible risk move, however. Like I know everyone gets so excited about... Mm -hmm. Uh, potentially acquiring him, moving someone for him, uh, you know, especially now that the, uh, the Celtics need a point guard. But, you know, his contract extension, I was actually making a, a, a graphic on that before we came on here. And it's just his contract extension is just way, way too big uh, for the Celtics to take on, especially now that he's 31. I think he, he had two great seasons, uh, two, I don't want to call them, well, They were they were pretty close to all time seasons, although he didn't even come close to the MVP award. Somehow, Uh, it's amazing. You know, players have all time seasons they're not even considered for MVP. But he had two all time seasons the last two seasons, and if you look at his age and where the career uh, trajectory goes for these guards, you know, you probably look at him and go, he's probably had his best years in the NBA. Like he'll have good years again, but he won't have. years quite like he just had where he's one of the best uh, scoring point guards in the clutch, you know, ever, you know, we probably won't see that Damian Lillard consistently, like say, I I believe his extension is four years, like in year four, where we're, where we would be paying him $40 million at age 35. Is he still going to be that same killer on the floor? Like likely not. So if you're trying to build around the Jays and you know, they're what, 24, 23 right now, I believe are their ages like i don't think i don't yeah. think grabbing Damian lillard at the price at the price tag he's listed at uh you know even especially moving away from a lot of young players most likely in a potential deal for deal for him i think that's a trade the celtics cannot make but you know say a, another trade maybe malcolm brogdon trade um I'm trying to think of other guards maybe there's not there's not that many it's kind of surprising. Like I listed all the yeah. point guards the other day, and it's like there's really not that many uh, solid options for the Celtics. But every offseason, the, the front office finds a way to fill in a void. So, you know, to to answer the original question though, the <laughs> move, they can't make the reckless move, and they they can though make um, a deal. Say surrounding, I think they need to trade Tristan Thompson. That's a deal I think has to be made. Uh, unfortunately, like we have Moses Brown, we have Robert Williams, we have Al Horford. If they're truly wanting to u- utilize Al Horford, like you have to move away from Tristan Thompson. Like they're just not going to. They're not going to find a correct combination of Robert Williams, Tristan Thompson, and Al Horford. Like I don't. I don't think that's that's going to be realistic. Like if you could trade Tristan Thompson for a guard. That would be lovely, or even a wing player that you could stick on the bench. That would be great, Um, but I'm not quite sure uh, who they go after uh, specifically in a Thompson deal. That too, uh, the season's not over. You know, say a team like uh, the Clippers. Say the team, team like the Clippers, come out of the playoffs and they think. Oh yeah, Rondo's out there. He's a he's actually a, a, out on a pretty tradable uh, contract that we could probably get. We could get Rondo, that's for sure. Uh he's making he's making like $5 million. Uh, That'd be pretty easy to pull off. We could probably yeah. pull that into a trade exception, honestly. That yeah. uh but like, you know, teams they might consider Tristan Thompson like their missing piece, who knows, during the offseason like they look at the roster and they teams build the roster and they go, "Oh man, we need a, we, we could get a Tristan Thompson on this roster, and then all of a sudden the Celtics have a trade partner. But you know, obviously, right now, that hasn't developed all the way. Um, but I think the Celtics need to trade Tristan Thompson, and I think they need to not steer clear of reckless moves. Sorry for the long answer, but uh, I don't know. I've had this. I've had <laughs> no, this. Dude. I just. I've, um, I've. I've. I've wrote about all this stuff. Just haven't talked about it. So uh, I'm glad I'm finally. I'm out in the open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
0: it. rip in. Uh, yeah, fuck you. I love it, dude. Yeah, I hadn't thought about Progden. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, look, the Damian Lillard stuff, I I don't know if it's possible to even do the trade without Jalen. And I'm not trading Jalen for anyone that's over the age of thirty. Unless yeah, like I'm not trading Jalen for basically anyone unless they're like Nikola Jokic. There's there's a very small list of players that I'm willing to to trade Jalen for. Um I'm 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 more in the re sign Fournier. Um, lowball Rob and hope that he signs an extension because um, of the health concerns and he wants to lock up, um, you know, like a a four for 40 kind of deal. And yeah, and hopefully you can move Thompson either before the season or or during the season. Maybe, you know, you're you're load managing Horford and even Rob to some extent in the first part of the season. And I actually think Thompson had a pretty nice post all-star and he had a couple of nice games against the Nets as well. Like I forget, I forget the stat line now. But there was a game where, yeah, the game three where they won. He was maybe the second best player on the court after, well, for the Celtics after after Tatum that game. So I think I think that they, he he could definitely have some value. Maybe you could build that up a little bit more into the season. But yeah, I would like them just to run it back um, and and see what they've see what they've got. Build the Jays. Um, I like some of the young guys. Um, speaking of the Jays. The, our pride and joy, I have no children, but I imagine um, having children is, is similar to, to having Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown be drafted to your favorite basketball team because I've never been prouder of anyone in my life. Uh, <laughs> where, where, where do you have uh, Tatum and Jalen ranked? I um, I personally have Tatum in the, in the I think it's the 12th spot. I was having a look at my list. I know Celtics fans might not want to hear. I have him one spot below Luca at 11, and I have Jalen ranked it at 22 currently. Um, and I guess maybe where, how high do you think their their ceilings are?
1: Well, first of all, with J- uh, Jason, I mean he's certainly up there. Uh, you you had him at say the 12th spot. I I, I don't remember what my list was of top players uh, in the league. Uh, for me, it always changes uh, with the playoffs. Like i take into account yeah. guys playoff performances like big time um so obviously the list changes after this season but jason uh I, I had him around the same spot you know 11 12 he's certainly up there i think at the end of the year he was probably reaching that top 10 echelon you know like if you look at Giannis, like for as great of a player as Giannis is like i think in that net series uh especially that game seven if you're looking like who do I want the ball with right now? Is it Giannis or is it Tatum? Say Tatum was playing for the Bucks, I think I would want Tatum, and I, I just think I would have wanted Tatum in that situation over Giannis. And like that's the kind of questions you have to ask with some of these guys up at the top. Uh, Tatum certainly, I think I think he'll, he'll crack that top ten next year for sure. I think he's he's right there, eleven or twelve. Um, you know, obviously a couple of guys will be battling for spots with him now. You know, you got the. Trey Young's, the Devin Bookers, the Lucas of the world now, and you know, still have the top players like K D, Steph and LeBron, Harden, all those guys. Jalen on the other hand, uh, yeah. I thought I thought this was the season that or, or even last season. I thought last season, for the first couple of years of their career, I thought Jalen was better than Jason just because of what he brought on the defensive end of the floor along with what he brought offensively. But Tatum, because he's made that leap of driving to the rim, and now he's got a whole package of moves that he can go to in isolation. You know, he he took that mid-range shot too much in 2018-19, but now he does efficiently knock down that shot. And obviously, beyond the three point line, mm-hmm. I mean he's just an assassin nowadays. There's really no there's really no stopping Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown, on the other hand, he hasn't quite made that jump as Jason Tatum has, but, I mean, it wasn't really expected. Like, Jalen Brown was a raw offensive player coming out of Cal, and now, I mean, he's grown into a player that, quite honestly, I didn't even dream of. Like, I, he's way better than I thought he would be. A lot, a lot of other guys would, thought he would be, but he works his ass off every summer. Um, last, Well, last offseason it was winter, but every summer he works his ass off. He, he, he comes into yeah. the gym. He is constantly working on his game, constantly improving to be better, a better leader. Uh, He he certainly, he's not just an athlete. You know, when you think of athletes working on their game, it's usually uh, physically. You know, he works on the game mentally and even off the court improves himself mentally all the time. So. Jalen Brown, certainly going to be a top player in the NBA one day, in my opinion. Right, right now, he's a top player. I mean, he was an all-star last year. And, you know, all-star games don't really mm-hmm. – like we can't put too much into all-star games, but he, there's some guys out there during the all-star game where it looks like, yeah, you look like you're supposed to be out here. You look like you're an actual all-star, like doing all-star things out on the all-star court, and some other guys are a little more laid back. Well, Jalen Brown – he looked like an all-star last year, and, and even during games, it was it was supremely evident that Jalen Brown took a, a next step offensively as a playmaker, and that's what made his game go up to another level. I did think he took a step back defensively, but I think that was more of the like the team uh, not playing together and, and at times really just not giving the effort necessary to be a good defensive team. Uh, but Jalen Brown to me, he's probably a top twenty-five player at least for me right now. I mean, I think people definitely yeah. sleep on him for sure, and I might even be sleeping on him right now a little bit. Uh, he might even be top twenty, top fifteen <laughs> by by the by the time next season ends. I don't know. I love Jalen Brown. He's he's quite honestly my favorite player on the Celtics. But you know, mm-hmm. can't tell anyone. I've always said like all the Celtics are my favorite, but oh no, Jalen. Jalen Brown's my guy, so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give it up to him. So
0: I mean, dude, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean,
0: like, there's literally nothing about Jalen Brown that you can't love. I mean, on the court, the fact that he's gotten to where he's gotten, and when you know, contrast that to what his first time in the conference finals, and you could barely put him on the court with, um, with those guys, and now, I mean. That first, that first kind of month or two of, of the season where he was just, he was shooting like 70% from the mid-range or whatever it was. And he had clearly, clearly jumped into that next tier of players. Yeah, I, I would, mate, if he's your favorite player, I mean, especially what he brings off the court as well. Like there aren't too many better humans you're going to find on, on planet Earth. And I'm just, I'm incredibly happy to have someone like that on our team. Um, yeah, I, I would not be shocked, uh, if Jalen cracks all NBA, if both Jalen and Jason find themselves on all NBA next year, I would, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if we're, um, getting pissed off at everybody for, for not voting Jalen on all NBA once the, once next season, uh, rolls around. But yeah, I mean, Jason, I think he's a, he's a future MVP candidate and, uh, Jalen all NBAs. He's gonna at least get on a couple, just based like he's gonna whatever his ceiling is, he's gonna get there because of how goddamn hard that guy works. And I'm just excited for Jalen because he's kind of been he's kind of been waiting for this moment in the the Kyrie season. He got put to the bench and put it in the corner. Um, even last year, uh, he was kind of he was Tatum at the first option, and then it was just a mix of Kemba, Jalen, and Hayward as the second, third, fourth options. And even this season, he kind of had to take a, set, a back seat to Kemba at times, and now he gets to—he he should have the keys for, for the most part after Tatum, and I think it's just going to be going to be so fun to watch.
1: Oh, certainly, and and it's amazing the the, the growth that he has shown in the past year, especially because of the short off season. Like, I think they got eliminated in September, came back in December, and was like a completely different player offensively, like that. Imagine now what he's going to do with what they've been off since June first. They'll be off from June first to October. Like,
0: mm.
1: I mean, he'll he'll get along. He'll uh, compared to last off season, they'll get a long um, t- period off. So that's going to be certainly good for them. Uh, if you look at the last couple of seasons as well, like Jalen, if you look at his career, conference finals, conference finals, semifinals, and a turbulent season, conference finals covid season and now he's here like he's got the green light everywhere now so uh he'll be coming back hopefully healthy hopefully that wrist uh, injury doesn't affect him next year mm-hmm. uh but i mean it's not in his non-shooting hand so I, I i wouldn't imagine it it it, yeah. w- it would so you know that's always yeah, important I'm,
0: I'm not i'm not worried about yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not worried about it. All. I'm sure Jalen will, will, will turn it into a positive somehow. He'll not being able to use his left hand. He'll be doing like single hand only sh- kind of stuff, and he, he'll he'll take full advantage of it. And then and then hopefully we get Tate and we get the uh, Team USA bump, right? And he's gonna he's he's I mean who knows? He's gonna be recruiting Beal and and Booker and all these guys. It's all, it's always funny to see um, everybody getting excited about. Their guys recruiting the rest of Team USA to their team, but um, at first I was a little bit like Tatum, you haven't had a, a break in so long. Are you sure you want to do Team USA? But then once you realize how much time off they are going to have between end of the first round and beginning of the season, and I mean Tatum, he 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 just loves getting buckets, dude. Like he he's a pretty quiet dude on in front of the in front of the microphones, but all you know is that he just kind of likes getting buckets, whether it's. Playing for the World Championships, obviously going to the Olympics now. He's he's just always playing basketball, and I'm um, I'm excited for him to be around Pop and and be around KD and and these guys because. And I was like, I, I was I loved um, their World Championship run. I actually got to see them when they came to Australia on that on that like um, exhibition before China, and I saw saw them play against Canada in in Sydney, and so I got to see Jalen and and Jason I actually. Um, had Jay- Jason's mom and Deuce sitting two rows in front of us. <laughs> and um, I came to our seats and and there was two people sitting in me and my mate's seat. And I was like, oh, excuse me. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Jason's mom and it's Deuce. And got a picture with Deuce, the whole thing. And then I had to be like, oh, actually, I think, I think you guys are in my seats. <laughs> but um, that is but, yeah, quite the
1: story. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah like um, but they you know they surrounded jason and Jalen and these guys with with Brook lopez and and it was and joe harris it was not it was not a team u s a team that um was befitting a team u s a team but now it's it's sort a fully loaded squad and i'm am excited to see Tatum get that opportunity
1: right uh this team u s a like obviously i don't, i don't know why the FIBA World Cup seems like a big deal in some other countries, you know, like a couple of European guys I've talked to, you know, within the past couple of years, like they put some stock into the FIBA World Cup, but it seems like over in America, like guys just really don't care that that much, especially, uh, you know, amidst an offseason, like guys want that time off instead. But like I said, Jalen and Jason played for that team. I'm a little surprised. Well, uh, well actually what am, what am I talking about he's rehabbing an injury uh, Jalen Brown uh, he didn't play for team <laughs> USA but um, yeah. that that team USA experience I mean that's legit like the Olympics are no joke uh, ba- basketball overseas basketball you know um, America we have these stadiums over here that that get a little ruckus every now and then but overseas environment is a very very different environment. Uh, you know, it almost, it almost makes some games over here look like uh, a cakewalk sometimes in terms of fans. So I'm excited to see um, Jason especially. Obviously, you don't have anybody else going, but Jason to get that experience and come back here. And hopefully he's not the one being recruited and he's the one doing the recruiting. Apparently, he did do some recruiting back mm-hmm. in 2019 to get Kemba. So, you know, hopefully he can flex that gene once again and uh, bring someone to Boston with him back. Or back to Boston with them, I should say, um, but otherwise it's going to be a great experience for everybody involved, especially Jason. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it, I think it, I'm just I'm I'm stoked for him and that he actually has a squad around him. So I'm I'm excited for the the Tatum to Katie Alleyoops and vice versa. Um, but yeah, now I don't know. Dame and Tatum they're going to be ch- chatting it up. We're going to going to see what happens there. Um, but yeah, look, we're obviously on the same page with the Jays. It's hard. It's hard not to be. Um, to be on the same page with those guys um so moving on to the young guys there's i feel like a bit divisive across celtics twitter and how people feel about these guys um is there is there a sp- one of the guys that you're the most high on uh who has the highest ceiling are you kind of interested in driving grant to the airport um who where where do you stand on some of the some of the young guys
1: See, this is this is one of those things where I'm just I just become a complete homer uh, when it comes to the team, and I just I, I just like look at uh, like a Pelicans page earlier today asked me or, or asked me to give him a rundown on uh, Romeo Grant and Shimmy. and like I I wrote like three paragraphs out for him, and I'm like I'm like in the midst of writing, I'm I'm sitting there going I'm like. Yeah, they have some flaws, and I'm like, no, but they they they're pretty good in these areas, and I always convince myself that they're they can be used in certain areas. And, and as certain players, a couple dudes that I'm high on, obviously, and I think the rest of Celtics Nation is probably high on as well. Is Robert Williams and Peyton Pritchard. I mean, those guys uh, for the years they had probably doesn't get enough attention. Like the Celtics actually drafted someone good with the 26th pick, which doesn't happen very often like he's going to be a legit guy like he's still got ways to go uh certainly some of his you know he's limited defensively just because of his size and and some of his struggles on the offensive end at times maybe just taking some errant shots that he probably shouldn't take like some of the things that were concerns in college came out a little bit but not on the level i thought they were going to come out on like i thought he was going to be i wrote about him after the draft i i basically wrote i was like he's the next Carson Edwards oh, and man. that's not been the case at all. He's been way better than Carson Edwards, Carson Edwards, unless he makes some tremendous jump. I don't see a future for him in Boston at all, unfortunately, but other guys, obviously I think their time in Boston may be coming to a close guys like Shimmy Jolet. I think he's a free agent this off season. He probably should have been uh, off the team last season, but since Hayward, signed elsewhere i think if hayward would have been back uh Ojale would have not been on the roster once hayward left to charlotte the celtics immediately like, I, I don't know the report was literally like a day after or or hours after it was they're picking up shimmy ojelay's team option and that was that was kind of something that i was surprised with at the time but it made sense cuz we needed another forward off the bench and obviously last season we didn't have that many forwards off the bench at all like including shimmy like that that was the weakest link on the floor at times but i think Chimmy Ogilvy's time's over <laughs> yeah carson edwards i just mentioned i don't i don't see a future for him he's just like he's just too inefficient and he's too small unfortunately uh i mean i hope he does get an opportunity elsewhere i just don't think it's in boston um grant williams i'm 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 like i'm not driving him to the airport yet <laughs> but like i might be getting the suitcases out of the basement like, I might be just getting the suitcases out of the basement, maybe bringing them upstairs, like, mm, maybe thinking <laughs> about it, like, maybe maybe planning some clothes to pack for him. Like, I'm not, I'm not quite driving him to the airport yet, but, like, he if he doesn't perform this year, like, in year three, if he doesn't make some type of jump, like, he's in trouble. Like, who even knows if he'll make it to year three because I think he frustrated Brad a ton last year, and obviously Brad is the one making decisions now. So, you know, he'll, he'll be the ultimate decider, whether Grant stays or goes. Um, but if Grant Williams doesn't perform in year three, I I just don't see a future for him in Boston or maybe even in the NBA because he's an undersized big. Uh, I mean, he's somewhat in shape, like it's kind of weird. He's, he's jacked, but, but not, he's like out of, I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe Grant Williams in that sense. But he's an undersized big you know bigs it takes a little while for them to uh learn the game you know when i play basketball um back in high school middle school like i was a big even though I, I wasn't that big i just happened to be the one of the biggest out of my bunch i'm like I'm, a, I'm like six foot but it's like it takes a little while for bigs to know the game and understand the game just because there's a lot of responsibilities that a big will have on both ends of the floor that that you have to go through where the ball isn't in your hands and grant Williams, when the ball does enter his hands, like he just makes bonehead decisions all the time. (laughs) And if he can clean that up, that part of his game, start making good decisions, which is a big question with a lot of young guys then you know, decision-making If he can clean that up. You know, he'll be a pretty good piece for Boston moving forward. He was a pretty good rookie. Um, but his second year, he just totally regressed. And if he regresses again or stays at the same level, that's going to be yeah. bad news for Grant. So, um,
0: but I feel like we're that's a good spot to maybe um, to to wrap up here. Appreciate appreciate you coming on. Um, it's been a pleasure, I reckon. Um, but yeah, well, let's do it again um, as we get closer to, to the season, and we can we uh, maybe post summer league. We can we can check in on on, on hopefully Yamada yeah, and the boys. Yeah. Uh, mate, it's a pleasure. Um, good, good to meet you, um, and uh, appreciate you coming on. Like it's been fun.